This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons by Rev. Adam Moline of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. You may be seated. Dear Christians, in the beginning, God made man from the dry, dead dust of the ground. What made the dust of the ground dead? Well, it didn't have any life. Death is the absence of life. And in the beginning, God took something that was dead and made it alive. God took something that was inanimate and made it animated. God formed the man from the dust of the grounds with his own hands into the proper shape. And when everything was just right, God breathed life into the man. It was then that the man who had been merely a body, a dead body, an unalive body, became a living being. Great Lutheran hymn writers often said it this way, a clod of earth became a person. In fact, it was then at the breath of God breathed into a body that life began for all mankind. But soon afterward came sin. And with sin came death. And so it was that the dust that God had made alive with his breath would eventually again die, become absent of life, return to dust. Adam and Eve's son Abel was the first death, murdered by his brother. His sinful blood poured out into the earth, put there by his sinful brother. His flesh decayed and returned to the dust from which it was taken. His bones eventually splintered into pieces or were washed away by the waters of the flood. Abel was just the first death. More deaths followed. Adam died, Seth died, Enosh died, Jared died, Lamech died. Even Noah, whom God had kept alive, preserving him through the flood on the ark. Even Noah, well, he died. After all, because of sin... Death must come to all mankind. 
Every single clod of earth person will die returning to the dust from which it was taken. You know that's true. Now, that's not what God had wanted. It's not what he had desired. He did not want the creation to turn on the creator. He had not built us to die, but instead to live forever with him, praising him, glorifying him, receiving from him his gifts and love. But God could not let mankind live forever at enmity with him, at odds with him positioned against him. That's why death entered the world. That's why all die. But even as death entered the world, at that very moment, God proposed a solution, a fix, an answer to death. He preached it in the hearing of Adam and Eve, and he preached it against Satan himself. The woman would bear a son who would crush the serpent's head. An offspring was promised through whom all the people of the world would be blessed. An offspring who would sit on the throne of David of heaven and earth forever. An offspring who would undo the curse of death Forever. When the time was right, God put his plan into action. This offspring entered our world, born of a virgin in a little town called Bethlehem. This offspring was not merely a man. Yes, he was man, but he was also the son of God, the ever begotten son of God. The two, man and God, were united into one Christ. He was named Jesus by his Father. A name that means the Lord saves. A name that would alert people to why he had come. This offspring was anointed as Messiah, both by the baptismal waters of John, as well as by the oil poured upon him. On Monday, Thursday, he lived a perfect life. The sin which we struggle with every moment, he defeated. He was holy, complete, pure. And when the time was completely right, he did what his name means. He saved God's people. From death. How? By dying himself. He didn't deserve that. He had no sin within him. He had no spot, no wrinkle, no failure. He was, though, a lamb without blemish. And as a lamb... A sacrificial lamb, he died. 
killed by the people he had made from the dust of the earth. They nailed him to a cross. They cursed him with their dying lips. And they watched him hang, bloodied, tortured, and dying. But with his last breath, he declared victory. Even then, it is finished. Sin has all been paid for. Death's teeth have been pulled out from his mouth so that his bite could no longer harm us. question remained. What Jesus did, is it true? Could death really be defeated? Could poor, miserable sinners be saved? Could life be returned to someone who was dead. How could we know? Even the perfect Jesus is dead in the tomb, his body lifeless. He's in the tomb, why? So that his flesh could return to the dust, as had Abel's so that his bones could splinter away, so that his very memory could be forgotten. The dead Jesus is placed into a tomb just as all of his ancestors and relatives were. Is death really defeated? Is it really finished? Did you hear our gospel lesson? The very first Easter sermon, much shorter than any sermon I've ever preached, preached by an angel of God himself. Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Jesus did not stay dead. His flesh did not return to the dust. His bones did not splinter away. He rose. He is alive. Alive forever. Or, as we Christians say, He's risen indeed. Alleluia. And, did you see what else Jesus did? He left the tomb. He left the grave. He left the place of death behind him forever. Do you know what this means? Do you understand how good of news this is? Death is destroyed. means murdered Abel 
will be raised. Noah, raised. Abraham, David, raised. Even your loved ones, whose earthly remains are returning to the dust, will be raised. Christ is raised, and so too will all mankind. Jesus lives that death may be undone for all who trust his name. That means death is even undone for you. I mean, you know that death is inevitable, right? You know that you were born already dying, that your sin was real, and that it would bring about your eventual demise. You'd sinned against God, sinned against your family, sinned against your friends and co-workers, sinned against your spouse, sinned even against yourself. You've sinned, therefore you must die, right? Your body must be placed into the ground, returned to the dust from which it was taken. You are a clod of earth, destined to return to the earth. But no more. You will live because Jesus lives. You will never face the absence of life. Even if you do die, at least in this world's point of view, you will still be alive. Even if your flesh decays into the dust, your bones dry out and disintegrate, you will live. You will never face the absence of life. Even if you're eight feet deep, buried in the cemetery, Christ will raise your body to life. He'll get it up, put it back together with his hands, and he will breathe your life right back into it so that you may live forevermore, world without end, with Jesus. Death is no longer victorious over you. Your sin is no longer your master. You belong to Jesus. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? It is defeated by Jesus, who preached that it was finished and rose from the dead to prove just that. And you, Christian, Share in his victory. You will awaken from the sleep of death. And so, that reality affects our life. 
We live like those who will live forever. What does that mean? It means we rejoice in the gift of our baptism through which God placed us here into the ark of the Christian church. We are Christian. We're glad to be here in church. Glad to be here more than just on Easter and Christmas. We're Christians. We want to be here as much as possible, gathering every week. And we're happy to. Because church means we live forever. We're glad to come and kneel before the altar to receive Jesus, body and blood. Because in that body and blood, we were given life. It is the medicine of life. And it brings us forgiveness and life. As we go out into the world, we live unafraid of death. Knowing that even though it surrounds us, it cannot and will not hurt us. It doesn't mean we go dance on the edge of cliffs. It doesn't mean we jump motorcycles over buses. We live our day-to-day life knowing that we have life to the full before us. Knowing that nothing can take that promise from us. And as we live that Christian life. We're glad to share the hope that is within us. With the same words of that first Easter sermon. He has arisen. He is not here. And because he lives, I will live. We're Christians. We're people. We're clods of earth who have been made alive forevermore. Death is destroyed. We will never be absent of life even if we appear dead. Because Christ has finished our sin and risen from the dead. And so this Easter, I leave you with words from St. John Chrysostom. Christ is risen, so death is overthrown. Christ is risen, the demons are fallen. Christ is risen. The angels rejoice. Christ is risen and life reigns. Christ is risen and not one remains dead in the grave. For Christ who is risen from the dead has become the first fruits of all of those 
who have fallen asleep in the dust of death. To him be glory and dominion unto ages of ages. We will live. For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. This has been With Intrepid Heart Sermons by Pastor Adam Moline. The words, With Intrepid Hearts, come from the conclusion to the Book of Concord where it is written, By God's grace, with intrepid hearts, we are willing to appear before the judgment seat of Christ with this confession and give an account of it. We will not speak or write anything contrary to this confession, either publicly or privately. By the strength of God's grace, we intend to abide by it.